This podcast is sponsored by Echelon. Echelon is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort of your own home. With Echelon, you can work at any time, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to $800 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text GENIUS to 818181 to get up to $800 off MSRP. Once again, just text GENIUS to 818181. Quick disclaimer, message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs uh, with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Kevin Sorbo. He's a longtime actor, a producer, and a director. He comes from uh, Norwegian ancestry, as he says on his website. He was born in Mound, Minnesota, and his mother worked as a nurse. His father taught junior high school, and I guess he, you know, he believes he got a real down-to-earth upbringing that uh, gave him a, a really strong work ethic. And Kevin was mentioning offline, he's doing all these movies. And so he definitely has a pretty high work ethic. Uh, but uh, it's very cool to uh, have him on the podcast today. I had recently seen him in a movie with uh, John Lennox, the famous Christian apologist uh, that was really excellent about faith. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but I know it will be good. So Kevin, welcome. Thanks for coming. Good to be here. And I don't mind you plugging Against the Tide. People should go to againstthetide.movie, see the uh, documentary that we shot in Oxford and also mm-hmm. in uh, Israel with John. And it's uh, it's proving God in the world of science. It's a uh, I call it I call it apologetics for dummies like me. So it's uh, it's a pretty good way to uh, l- learn how to defend your faith. Yeah, if it's all right with you, what what was your journey to faith like? Like when did you come to faith and what's it been like for you? I've been a Christian my whole life. I grew up in a Lutheran church, typical Scandinavian in Minnesota. And, you know, it was church and Sunday school and prayers at uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner and bedtime, you know. And uh, so it's always been there with me. I mean, I'm glad I had had faith because it's certainly in teenage years. I think not, I'm no different than most people through teenage years and 20s. There's plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity to fall away from all that. But uh um, I, I never stopped uh, in my belief whatsoever, and um, I think mm. that a lot of it comes from certainly from my parents and uh, the upbringing that they gave me. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, you've you've been involved in a lot of um, TV series and movies. Hollywood, from the outside, seems to not uh, really appreciate religion very much. What, what was your experience like? <laughs> that's um, that's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, you pretty much see the movies coming out of Hollywood and uh, TV series and everything they're doing. And I, I kind of call myself the counterculture of Hollywood. I mean, politics runs downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Uh, Hollywood does in the mainstream media. And you can uh, there was a great quote from I'm not going to say it word for word here, but Walt Disney said back in the 50s that movies and television will influence the youth. Well, it doesn't take much to look at uh, what's going on in our streets, or not only across America, but across the world to see what's what's happening out there. And uh I want to do movies that uh, have hope, have redemption, love, faith, laughter, things that are, are missing, you know, and um, 
it's just weird. You know, Hollywood, for the most part, used to be a, a G or PG world up until the 60s. The 60s really changed everything with the Vietnam War, the free love. It was just everything just really changed. And we started making the the bad guys, the heroes. We started celebrating the anti-hero, you know. So mm. uh, I want to get back to celebrating, uh, you know, people that have have uh, strong values, people that care about family, care about friendship, care about law, care about uh, the Bible, care about, uh, you know, I don't want to do movies necessarily that, that are just saying you better believe in God or you're going to hell. I'm just, I want to do movies that just have a positive message instead of a negative one. No, that's excellent. I don't know if this is the case, but I was thinking about the movies and I noticed a lot of the Catholic or the movies that are based on what the movie business calls religion always seems to be about Catholicism. And they always seem to be about demons and devils. And you know, like there was the movie, The Nun, and they're just, you know, Annabelle. And it's weird that the movies that are put out by Hollywood that are about quote unquote religion, again, always seem to be Catholic and they always seem to be horror movies. And then yeah. the movies I've seen that are about Christianity are about what you said, you know, faith, hope, positivity, family, all that stuff. Do you see that? And if so, why? I don't know the reason why for that. It's interesting. You know, I did a movie called God's Not Dead that was pretty big success. And um, I remember going to see Paramount's production of Noah back in 2014, which came out just before or just after my movie had come out. And we're sitting there watching this movie. I don't know if you saw the Noah movie with. Um, no, no. Oh, my gosh. My wife looks at me and she goes, this isn't the story of Noah. This is Waterworld meets Transformers. <laughs> and she, they, they make complete, I mean, it's just amazing. They made Noah a drunk, an alcoholic. They made him a crazy guy hell-bent on destroying all of human life once the journey was over. He, he, his, his mission in his mind was to save all the animals and then kill all the humans once, uh, once all the other rest of the humans in the world were dead. So kind of interesting, but... Somebody asked in the Q&A they had afterwards, one of the producers said, hey, do you think Hollywood will do more movies maybe like God's Not Dead? And the guy said, well, I think Hollywood will stick to the, uh, the you know, the big budget movies like, you know, Spider-Man and, and, and Superman and things like that. And we'll leave the, uh, the God's Not Dead to the independent film world, which I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. They're openly admitting that they don't want to make movies that will appeal to 80 million moviegoers out there. There's 80 million households out there that want the kind of movies that I've been lucky enough to be part of. So it's interesting that they uh, they just ha they have no interest in in going down that road, which is weird, but it shows you where their ideology is, right? It shows you they'd rather present a negative, violent, sexual type of movie than one that has, has good values to it, which is just sad to me. Not a prudent anyway. I mean, I'm, there are movies I'll see, but there are other movies I go, oh God, here we go again. I think there's no need for that. Like, you know, this recent one, Santa Inc., you know, by Seth Rogen. I didn't watch it, but again, it just seems to degrade things that were considered good. Santa trying to make him into a bad person. And where do you think this comes from? Do you think it's just the culture has raised people to be this way? Or do you think there's literally some kind of force behind this that's pushing people into negativity, into evil? Well, there's good and there's there's evil, right? And there's evil in the world. And I think evil has a strong grip for people and a strong attraction for people. And Hollywood likes to push that envelope all the time. Everything's got to be so over-sexualized, which just kind of goes, really? And everything's got to be filled with violence. I love the irony of, uh, I don't love school shootings, but whenever there's any kind of a shooting, Hollywood's the first to come out to want to ban guns. And the people they get are people that do nothing but violent movies with guns. <laughs> I mean, it's like, mm, then, it is weird. Then, then lead by example. I mean, I saw Liam Neeson come out with a with a sort of a PSA talk about it. I go, dude, you kill 100 people in every movie you do with guns. So why don't you lead by example? They're not afraid to show that they're hypocrites, just like our politicians today. They're not afraid. They don't care. 
They say whatever they want to say. They know that the population operates on a short-term memory, and uh, it's just sad. It's just weird to me. What have you seen the past two years, like spiritually, just in every other way possible? What do you see has happened to people over this, you know, the most recent past two years, even now? Well, you look at this, I call it the plandemic. I mean, you look at um, what they're doing with using fear as a weapon, right? They're using fear as a weapon to control everybody's lives, to make you, you know, stay at home. Don't go to church. Church is essential, but Planned Parenthood is essential, right? Uh, liquor stores are essential. Strip clubs are essential. It's okay for Costco and Target to stay open, but not that mom and pop third generation grocery store that people can go and do for 60 years. That's got to close down. All it means don't go to church. You know, don't go listen to the word of God. I mean, that's just not essential. And don't sing in churches. That's even worse. I mean, it's just weird. And people, they buy into it. That's the thing that amazes me, that they just hook, line, and sinker. They find, you know, in masks. There's no proof that masks do anything. There's proof that they actually don't do a thing at all. And this whole mask wearing yep. thing is just another way to cover up your faces and make you not, uh, you know, we, we operate on, on face-to-face contact with people. Well, look what we've done to two, three, four, five-year-olds wearing masks all the time. It's, it's insane. It's terrible, I know. It and is. It's all for a virus created by, I'm not afraid to say, I think Fauci had a hand in this along with the Chinese, by these people that all they care about is, is money and control. And that's what they're looking for right now. I read the CDC. I read the World Health Organization websites. 99.7% chance recovery, 99.7. And that covers all age groups. If you're older, if you're in your 80s and you're obese and you got diabetes or you got pre-existing conditions, yeah, we got to watch out for people like that. Like my mom, you know, she's had a lot of surgeries, she's had a lot of problems, health problems. She's 89. She's someone we need to protect. I totally get it. But to sit there with how many, we got a country of what, 330 million people? I mean, what is that? 100 million that are teenagers or younger? How many of them have died from COVID? Seriously, you know, yeah, eight. No, I'm with I you mean, there. What we're doing is just, it's just unbelievable and sad what we're doing to the world right now. And it's all just, you got half the world is buying into it. The other half is sick of it. And I'll tell you what, it, it, people starting to clash with it. You see these people that are going nuts on each other, you know, put your mask on. I don't need a mask. And they go back and forth. And I mean, the CEO of American Airlines and the CEO of Southwest came out two weeks ago saying, we got to stop uh, the mask wearing on airplanes. Our airplanes are the healthiest place to be. The whole system, the whole air filtration system is like every two minutes, it get, they get a whole new circulation of air in there. There's, it's it's just weird. It's just weird what's going on, and it's sad. And but it's all about power and you know controlling and, and affecting all our lives, and they're doing it. I've been working too hard and not working out enough. I wanted to get in shape, but I don't have time to get to the gym. Echelon brings the gym home to me. So right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to eight hundred dollars off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text Genius G E N I U S to eighty one eighty one eighty one to get up to eight hundred dollars off MSRP. Once again, text Genius to eighty one eighty one eighty one, and message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Well, I mean, turning back to uh, hopefully happier things, you know, leading by example. Again, you helped create the movie God's Not Dead. You were in the movie Against the Tide with John Lennox. What has happened from those experiences where you've gone to these historic places and you've spend time with these, you know, these uh, top intellectuals and in, in faith and theology. But how has that changed you? Well, I'll tell you what's interesting in going through, going through Israel with John was I wasn't expecting it because I didn't, I guess I didn't think about it until it really happened every single day. People stopping me in the streets, people from Poland, from China, from Russia, from Germany, from whatever, having their own religious groups go through their own pilgrim pilgrimages going through in Israel. And they recognize me from my faith-based movies. Yeah, a lot of people know me from Hercules or Andromeda, but the majority of people now come up to me and say, hey, 
please, please make more movies like What If and God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light and Soul Surfer. We want more movies like that. And it shows me that there is a huge market out there that's not being served. And it's not being served on purpose. And so most frustrating thing I think that we have as filmmakers doing independent movies, you know, Hollywood does these, I mean, I went and saw the Spider-Man movie. Once again, it's just nothing but a, it's a visual effects game. It's all it is. And, but people buy into that and just, there's, you don't care about the characters. You don't care. There's no development with the characters. It's just one fight after another. And it's all visual effects. And you're kind of going, okay, wow. It's, I mean, it, it's impressive, but at the same time, I didn't care about anybody going on. They just killed hundreds of people, thousands of people. I mean, how many more Avengers think we're going to see when we've seen 18 more buildings in New York City get wiped out? What, there were no people in those buildings? So it's, it's, you know, people are mindless watching this mindless entertainment. And I like doing movies that have a positive message, have an effect on people, people that can relate to the characters. I mean, I, I get stopped, like I said, every day, but through my fan site, through the uh, uh, sorbostudios.com, please go to sorbostudios.com. I get every day, I get people saying that they became Christians because of my movies. So I know that there's these have a positive effect wow, on people and a cool. negative one. Yeah, it's it's great. So I've been fortunate to be part of these things and I got more coming down the pipeline. And I segued a little bit, but I think those are like these Spider-Man movies are $300 million movies. They'll spend $100 million promoting them. We do $3 million movies and we have to pull teeth to, ride, to try to raise $3 million movies that look great. And they get great cinematography. They got great scripts, great acting. It looks fantastic. And they, but the positive thing is they put out great messages and it's like pulling teeth, raising money for these things, which is the weirdest thing for me. $3 million. That's, that's like catering budget on an Avengers movie. You know, I mean, it's like, are you kidding? Me? So, you know, the, the battle is on, but we're, I'm not going to give up on the battle. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever spoken to him, but Morgan Freeman did a whole series for Netflix where he traveled all around the world. And I've never had the privilege of meeting him. I, there's a couple of times I could have at golfing events, but uh, I had to cancel last minute because of work. But I would like to meet him, I think, you know, because he's on his own journey from what I understand. And um, but, but I what I also saw, though. I saw commentary from him after he did the series and he seemed to say that it didn't change his beliefs at all. And I was like, that's crazy. How could that not be? But wow. I guess if we don't know him, we haven't spoke to him. We don't know. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. I, I watched that series. It was very, very powerful. Um, there was one with a, you know, a court case where this man's son was murdered and the man actually forgave the killer in court and gave him a hug. And like, it was so crazy. Even the judge was in tears and, and kind of said, you know, let's take a recess. It was just like a really, really powerful series. And I'm just amazed that he doesn't seem to at least outwardly be affected by that. But, you know, it's thank God uh, he did this series. At least it was a very good thing, I believe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's like what you're doing. Um, so what are some of the movies that you're working on right now and what are gonna, uh, the themes going to be? Well, I got uh, one coming out this year called Miracle in East Texas that I directed and starred in. A wonderful script wrote by Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon was the writer for The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He wrote White Earp. He was the showrunner in Highway to Heaven. It's a wonderful story. True story about two con men played by myself and John Ratzenberger that these guys during the heart of the Depression in 1930 were wooing widows out of their money on fake oil wells. And uh, this, I'm not giving anything away here because it's called Miracle in East Texas, but they accidentally hit oil. It's the largest oil find in the history of the world. But it, it's a true story. It's dramatic, but it's funny. There's romance. There's It's a great family movie. It'll be a PG rating on it. And it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful movie. And I just finished directing up in Canada the next Left Behind movie. Left Behind, this one's called Rise of the Antichrist. And for those who don't know Left Behind, they were very big selling. I think they sold like 80 million copies of the books. And the last movie came out about seven or eight years ago with Nicolas Cage. I took over that role and also directed 
Got a wonderful documentary coming out called Eating with the Enemy. Eating with the Enemy deals with the Last Supper and focuses on the disciples. I love the title because let's face it, besides Judas and Thomas, when Jesus was being crucified, there were a lot of people that recognized some of the other disciples and they denied knowing Jesus. You know, mm. they, oh no, I, was, I don't know the guy. I wasn't with him, you know, and uh, they had their own trails of forgiveness that they had to find for, for doing that, you know. So did the Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid plays Reagan. I play his pastor. And that's coming out sometime in the spring as well. So yeah, so it's just staying busy. And I've got another one, another documentary I'm shooting in Israel in May. It uh, deals with the oldest temple they've ever unearthed in a, in a uh, archaeological dig. It's on the Jordanian border. I've got a World War II movie I'm filming called Irina's Vow in Poland. And then I've got a Da Vinci Code type of movie, speaking of what you brought up earlier, a Da Vinci Code type movie that's going to be shot in London. And then I've got a faith-based Western, which I'm excited to do, called Trailblazers. So I'm looking forward to that one. Boy, you're really busy. That's great. I don't like sitting around, man. <laughs> You know, you said people have come up to you all the time online, in person, et cetera, and they, they thank you for these faith-based movies. But how has it affected you personally doing these? Like, how do you feel when you get through one or you film one? I love it. I mean, just like, you know, when I did uh, really my first kind of faith-based movie is what called What If We Shot Back. Gosh, it's 12 years ago already. Um, I shot that with Dallas Jenkins directing. Dallas is big with The Chosen right now. Um, which is a wonderful series. I hope people get a chance to see. But What If was written by the same direct, same, uh, same writers that did God's Not Dead. And in my mind, what, what If is actually a better movie. But once again, it shows you how difficult it is to get these, you know, independent movies out there because you don't have the $100 million budget that they do for these other ones to promote them. So we got to rely on word of mouth. But uh, What If is a wonderful movie. And that really opened the door to me saying, you know what? I want to do more movies like this, movies that will have a better impact. And like I said earlier, the response I get from people from these movies has been nothing short of amazing. So I'm going to continue doing more movies like this. This is what I enjoy doing. And and I I like putting movies out there that have have hope and redemption because now more than ever, we need that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Do you feel like it's strengthened your faith to be involved with these movies? or Oh, oh, no, no question. No question. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, because a lot of people that you're shooting with have, are, have, are people of faith as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, but, it's, but it's interesting, you know, put out these movies and you get people saying, well, it wasn't Christian enough. Or they're like, oh, it was too Christian. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh my gosh. It's, really? Like, I go, yeah, but there was a good message, right? And there was a, there was a lot of, you know, hope in there and there was love and laughter so isn't that a good thing you know instead of i didn't kill anybody there was nobody nobody got beheaded you know so it's like but it's it's funny people are funny you know what are you gonna do do you have an overarching goal at this point or is it just like i'm just gonna be there i'm gonna keep making movies i'm gonna keep contributing in whatever way i can like what's what are your goals at this point the goal is just to keep doing, uh, making these movies. The goal is to keep, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the phone every day. I'm on, I'm on, uh, you know, the internet every day. I'm, I'm always looking for the next investor to, you know, help me out and do a, a movie that makes sense. I do a lot of charity golf events. I meet very wealthy guys, you know, that are, that, that are Christian, that are, you know, people of faith and they, they throw millions, millions of dollars at politicians that never get elected. You know, I go and, you know what? With me, not only will you get 10% of your money back, you're also going to get half of everything the movie makes from theaters, from streaming, from DVD sales. And uh, at the same time, that movie will be out there forever to help and change people's lives in a positive way. So my battle is to make people see that, hey, 
don't do it. Don't do it thinking you're going to be make a million, a billion dollar profit like they do in these Hollywood movies. Uh, do it because you want to affect the culture in a positive way. Yeah. Why do you think, you know, people that you approach either do it or don't do it? What are the reasons that you heard oh, that, uh, I, that you will or won't fund? Just, oh, it's too risky or that's too risky. And I go, well, it's pretty risky to invest in politicians too. <laughs> but um, I, you know, it's never really a good reason. I don't think it's just, Every time we've raised money, I got to be honest with you, it's been like a God thing. I mean, for uh, Let There Be Light, that was just my wife wrote the original draft and had a had Dan Gordon came in and did a did a rewrite on it. So the co-writers on it. But uh, that was Sean Hannity called me out of the blue and just because I've been on a show many times through the years. And he said, uh, I love that God's Not Dead and Soul Surf a movie. Do you have something like that? And I said, yeah. So we pitched him. He loved it. Cut a check right there and there. And there's the movie. Well, Miracle in East Texas, my wife and I spoke at an event and afterwards we're signing our books and this guy walks up and goes, hey, I got this much money. Can you make a movie out of it? And I said, yes, I can. (laughs) So um, it's always been, you know, you never know when and where it's going to happen, but uh, you got to follow up every lead that you possibly can. And sometimes it just it it lands on your lap and it, it doesn't land on lap enough. But, uh, you know, I got buddies always tell me, hey, man, it's in God's time. I go, I get a little impatient with God's time. <laughs> and I want to make movies yeah, yeah. right now. That, uh, But, uh, you know, it's I think it's starting to pick up. And I, I think Hollywood's slowly starting to get it. You know, I mean, even even Netflix is hard to say, wait a minute. You know, there's a market out there we're not paying attention to. Because I've had, I've had some pretty good chats with Netflix. So, we'll, you know, keep your fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, no, excellent. Is there a movie that you want to make that you haven't been able to yet that you really think would be a big game changer, or it's not? Oh, going I to got, be just I've one, got, I've got, good. I've got some wonderful scripts. I've narrowed down from hundreds and hundreds that I've read. I've got about twenty scripts that I want to get made. So, you know, I just met some investors recently again and sent them a couple of things to look at. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I've got a wonderful Charles Dickens true story. I've got, uh, I've got some pretty good ones that hmm. uh, that really need to be made. Have you ever tried to crowdsource funding of a movie? Is that even possible? You know what? Everybody does that. That's the problem with that. I I would say 98% of those fail. I'm probably pretty close to that number. Very few make the money they make because people don't realize you can't just throw a movie out. Hey, I got this great movie and talk about what the idea is. You've got to put together a really good uh, sort of like a trailer already. Maybe you got to spend 50 grand, 100 grand just to sort of film something that is catches people's eyes. And then when they go to the, to look at it, you better have two, three, 400 grand in there already. Cause if you don't, people walk away, they go, Oh, it's only raised 50 bucks. I'm not interested. I mean, they want to see, Oh, they've already got a half a million dollars in this. That makes them think that, okay, this is something people know something. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to throw my $10 into this. So that is not an easy road to go down. It's just not, but I'm not saying don't do it, but you better be prepared to work really hard to make any money out of it. Yeah. That's a really good insight. Um, any any advice for people that, you know, they want to make movies like this and they want to have a positive impact according to the Christian worldview? Like what what would be your advice to people if they're in, not in this field or, again, they want to do what you're doing in some way? Don't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's um, <laughs> you got to get ready for a lot of rejection. That's just what it is. I don't care what side of the camera you're on. It's just going to be it's a tough road to sit there and try to raise money for these things. But if you don't keep trying, then you'll never find out. Now, will you? So. To me, it's like uh, I'm a 13-year overnight success in Hollywood, okay? So you got to want it and not, not look at it. It's going to be easy. But, you know, a lot of people give up very quickly nowadays, you know? They fail once and give up. And 
uh, I learned very early in life that failure is part of a positive thing, not a negative thing. So you, you got to use failures to learn what you did wrong and just keep plugging away. Otherwise, you're just going to put your hand out and say, you owe me. And, you know, how dare you have success? Because we have plenty of we have plenty of those people in our country already that just want to live off other people's success. They hate you for having success. But at the same time, yeah. thank, thank God you're paying taxes so they can collect unemployment. <laughs> I guess last question or two, where do you see the United States and some of these other Western countries going over the next few years, do you think we're kind of, you know, in trouble or do we need a major yeah, turnaround? Yeah, or I, think, what, what yeah I think we're in trouble, but I think, I think we're at a tipping point that uh, enough people are realizing that the, the country and the news media are a joke and we need to change it. Our politicians are appalling. There's evil. It's just evil beyond evil. And people are not afraid to uh, get up in front of you and lie to your face constantly every single day. And if you lie over and over again, pretty soon people think it's true. So we need yeah. to wake up. I mean, one of the blessings of COVID, we're homeschoolers. And my wife's a homeschool advocate. She does a lot of speaking for, you know, across, across the country. And she's got books out there. One blessing is 2 million more kids now are being homeschooled because of People woke up and saw how horrific our public schools are and what they're doing to our kids and what they're teaching them, how they're brainwashing them. And they go right march into universities and get even more, you know, programs to believe and hate and be filled with anger. Look at the difference. Like if you watch the, the pro-choice people, I call them pro-murder. They call it pro-choice, but they march down in D.C. and look at the anger and the filth they leave behind. I mean, people have videotaped all the trash they leave behind and then counteract that with the, the pro-life people. They have a peaceful march walking down and they're just, all they do is care about each other. I mean, the difference is amazing to me. And once, once again, you're shining the light on the difference of good and evil. Cause trust me, the evil doesn't like the light, does it? It likes to hide back in the darkness, you know, but hopefully that, uh, you know, I'm going to be optimistic that we're, we're on our way to, Take the country back. The elections this year. Good Lord, people, get out and vote. Look at every city, every state that is run by a Democrat is crap right now. You look at oh, yeah. look at San Francisco, look at Seattle, look at Portland, look at Minneapolis, where I'm from, look at Chicago. The list goes on and on and on. And what the common denominator here is people that are Democrats. And they're not even Democrats anymore. I've got plenty of Democrat friends that are now conservative because they said the party left me. I don't leave the party. And that's exactly what has happened. Hmm. Well, excellent. I know that you have to uh, head out in a minute, Kevin, but what's the best way for people to find out more about you and to engage with some of these movies that you put out? Where can they go? Please go to sorbostudios.com, sorbostudios.com. We have a lot of information there. We have a lot of our books up there, DVDs. People can get order those things, get them autographed. We have a place where people can donate for to, to the movies. That's our sort of smaller version of the crowd crowdfunding. But uh, we're building up. We're getting more people joining us. Please, please go. I mean, that's a that's a great place to go. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm I do a lot of very far, sarcastic, funny, truthful one or two liners on Twitter. It's at Ksorbs. Facebook took me down. I've been banned from Facebook for eight months for posting the truth. Zuckerberg is a big wuss. He hates the truth. He's very, he's very afraid of the truth. You can't post the truth on Facebook. They go crazy. Kevin, thank you so much for coming. It's been a good call. And I really appreciate what you do and you being here. Thank you. All right, sir. Have a great one. And uh, we'll talk down the road when there's other movies come out. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, which has been sponsored by Echelon. When you're trying to reach your fitness goals, it can really help to have world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown choreographing classes with music from your favorite artists like Pitbull. And you get a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you that extra push. Echelon gives you that. Echelon's certified fitness instructors are supportive, engaging, and fun. They really know how to get you moving. 
And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners can get up to $800 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text GENIUS to 818181 to get $800 off MSRP. Once again, text GENIUS to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. Please see terms for details. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.